welcome to Racing Only Better, where we're here to preview the weekend's action at Sandown and Haydock. And as you can tell, I am not your usual presenter, Hugh Carhill. He is off for the week. Not entirely sure where, but best of luck to you, Hugh. As is the little man, Dan Barber. We miss him too. So it's really just a, it's a slim down team of Tony Calvin and Kevin Blake. Uh, how are you, Kevin? You're still on your jolly holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Away for a few days. Um, getting into the final furlong now, but we'll enjoy it. And Tony, all good with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be the most biggest break you've had since you were about 15, isn't it, Blakey? Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very unlikely. Uh, how, how long did you take for your um, honeymoon? Was it about two hours, was it? <laughs> we, we didn't get a honeymoon. I got kiboshed by COVID. Jesus, don't mention the war. She's, she's, in, the same, she's in the same room as me. <laughs> he, he's making up for it now, hanging out with Green Day and the likes. It's pretty incredible. But anyway, let's focus in on the weekend's action because, of course, it is the eclipse at Sandown. Cannot wait to get that stuck into that with you guys. But before we go any further, there is an offer with Betfell on the Sportsbook and the Exchange in the 2.25 at Sandown on Saturday. It's money back as a free bet if your horse fails to play. So do get involved in that. And of course, that is a race, the handicap that we will be previewing in due course. But let's go in chronological order, boys. Starting at Sandown, the 150, the Coral Charge over the five furlongs. Mitt Bahi, the favourite here. And for me, Kevin Blake, a pretty decent prize considering what he did last time over the course and distance. Last to first, could you have been more impressed? Yeah, there's there's some nice progressive sprinters here, Vanessa. Um, only fast horses need apply, as the great man would say if he was here. Um, but just in terms of pace and that, like uh, a lot of them want, want to be held up off strong paces. I don't know if they'll get it here. Um, I was inclined to go with Nymphadora. Um, she yeah, ran. I like her. Yeah, I've always liked her. Now she ran a cracker in the the, the Palace of Holy Rude House or whatever that race is called. That asked yeah. us. Um, ran a belter she was up with them the whole way and kind of stuck on quite well um, at a big old price having run well at Chester um, look she's drawn eight which is widest of all here not really what you'd pick but um, I suspect a good few of these will be kind of waiting for her to make her way across and hopefully push the pace and um, old Buick will do his thing in front and not go over hard and will hopefully be in there boxing at the finish yeah, I like the look of her. I thought she was my each way sort of play in this, but I, I do like the favourite, Tony. Where are you looking? Um, I think there's enough pace in there. I've got four potential front runners, no habitual ones that go from the front. Uh, one of the ones is, is Tippy Toes. Um, missed the break a couple of starts ago, so she wouldn't want to be doing that here. And she's the lowest rated horse in the race, but she's getting a lot of weight from all the older horses. And since winning at Chelmsford, uh, earlier on the season, back in April, I think she shaped really well on the last two starts. I mean, uh, she was a fifty-to-one shot and a good six in the uh, Haydock in Group Two company. And although there was loads of horses that were unlucky in running in that uh, that Nymphadora's race at, uh, at Ascot, she was probably one of the most unfortunate there. Never got a run at any stage. Got totally wiped out twice. So you could mark up that effort. She was only did remarkably well to be in only four and a half lengths. Yeah, I mean, a, a double-figure price on the exchange. I might chuck a, a few quid win only here. Normal rules apply for the dead eight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, tippy-toes win only, but it'll be a very, very small bet. 
Okay, well, let's move on then to the Coral Challenge Handicap over the mile. Uh, this is where you have that offer I was talking about. It's money back as a free bet on the Sportsbook and the Exchange if your horse fails to place in this. And we have a pretty short price favourite, considering for me, I thought you could make cases for plenty in this. But Sinjari is up at the top of the market, Harry and Roger Charlton at 9-4 to four currently, as things stand with Betfair on the Sportsbook right now, Tony. Um, surely that's not the sort of price or the sort of horse you're getting stuck into in a race like this? Oh, there's quite a few this weekend on the ITV races where you can fully see the case for them. Uh, but not the price. I mean, Sinjari. So um, short. You know, a, a pound lower than when flashing home when fifth in the Hunt Cup. So you can definitely see the case there. But nine to four, five to two. Not for me in a race like this. Um, regular listeners will know uh, that I pay no attention to jockeys, but I have to... Uh, walk the walk and as well as talk the talk here because I was waiting on the jockeys to come through for Tahitian Prince. Uh, now, he wasn't jocked up originally at 10am. I had to wait until after midday. And Sam Hitchcock's name appeared next to the horse. Now, this horse is, for reasons we'll come on to, is a really, really tricky ride. First time blinkers, drawn 11-11 at Sandown on Saturday. So, you know, got his work cut out. And I looked at Sam Hitchcock's record. The last time he had a winner was September 2017. Has, has, has he been abroad? I think he's been abroad. Yeah, but he's like, even the last five years, he's naught from 213 in the last five years on the racing post. I, mean, I have never, ever seen a jockey with a worse record. Now, wow. he did finish second on a 25 to one shot for the stable recently. So he, he may well have, you know, ridden very sparsely, but yeah, but he's he's not been, you know, he's he's been to Tory like in, you know, in 50 odd rides a year and stuff like that. So anyway, so I'm like I say, I'm, I've got, to, I've got to be true to myself. And I think Tahitian Prince has got a lot going for him. Now, like I said, there are negatives about him. And um, and the, the reason being, he was he's run at Windsor last time. I think you have to mark it up massively. When Ross Ryan got off this horse at Kempton last year, when he won at Kempton last year, he said, this horse needs to be delivered on the line. Now, the jockey did anything but, I think, Pat Dobbs at Windsor last time. He was out towards the centre of the track. He hit the front of the furlong pole, traded a 1.27 in running. And his run just petered out. Now, he's a hold-up horse and he's drawn wide. So I think for some reason, uh, for you know, Sam Hitchcock's mind will be made up for him by the horse. But the first time Blinkers is the interesting angle from, from what you see from him and his run style. And you have a look at um, Hannon's record for first time Blinkers. It's actually better than his overall strike rate. So that, that's a positive. He's 29, uh, 25 from 190. So that strike rate is better than his usual strike rate of 12%, albeit albeit but not by much. And look, he's back on a really good mark of 88. He's got a really good uh, handicap form last year. He's finished a close fifth at um, the dark shift at Ascot Locked October off a pound higher mark. If the blinkers work, if it all falls right for him, I think he's handicapped to, to run a big race here. There are negatives, but he's a top price, clear top price, 14s with a sports book. And given his profile, I think you'll get a bigger price on the exchange and maybe a fairly bigger price as well. So I'll be looking to back him win only on exchange, but I wouldn't, you know, 14 in the sports book is the biggest price in the in the marketplace. To Tahish, Tahish okay. Prince win only. I found okay. him. I found the Sam man, Hitchcock. The man yeah. who the man who tells us to never look at the jockeys, to ignore jockey bookings, <laughs> so, is now trying his best so to the, ignore jockey bookings. So the reason the reason <laughs> being I was I was there was two horses I was interested, well, two of the horses that I was interested in tomorrow. They, they weren't initially jocked up. So I was waiting for him to land because I, I know he's a tricky horse, et cetera. And I thought, oh, Hitchcock, what's, what's he been doing? I really, I, he hasn't really come across my radar. And 
You certainly haven't come across a winner's post either. He's been in the UAE. His last five years, he's kind of having 200 odd rides a season out there. And right, he's riding winners, kind of 15, 16 winners, which wouldn't be a terrible tally out there. So um, I'd imagine he probably spends six six or nine months out there and then pops back. And that's why he he isn't seen loads on British race courses. Great stuff. I had to guess. Have faith in jockeys. (laughs) No matter what their strike rate is. He'll have to be led into the winner's enclosure by the horse. He obviously doesn't know where it is in the UK. Look, you won't mind when he when he oh, wins the race. Um, given that this is the race where you do get your money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place, I was happy to take a chance with Chance. Excuse the pun. Oh. He should really have won his last three races. I know that's a strange thing to say about a horse who finished last of four when we last saw him, but that was at Lingfield over the 10, and it was a very tactical race that day, and he just uh, didn't get the luck of the draw. A career-best effort would be needed from him now, back on the turf and off a break. But just at 14-1, to 1, uh, as a place bet, he was my... He, he jumped out the page for me anyway in this race. Uh, I just think he's got quite an attractive profile coming into this, Kevin. But where did your pin land in this? Uh, Lion Tower for me, Grant Shewer. Um, He's improved about a part of two stone since Grant's got hold of him. And um, he's still on the march, in fairness to him. He dropped back to seven last time at York and won. And look, the, really the thing is, he he's drawn low. He's a very simple, straightforward, prominent ride. And, and I, I kind of want that on my side here. Because um, I wouldn't be surprised if this got a little bit messy. Um, so Lion Tower, I think, is rock solid. Um, doesn't really lean into the special that's available with Betfair because I think he's one of those. He's like you'd be disappointed if he wasn't in the frame at the very least. Um, but yeah, I think he, he set up to run a big one. Okay, well, let's stick with you, Kev, as we move on to the disc stuff then for the Phillies over the mile, the listed race. Two also at the head of the market here. It's an interesting market given that you've got Heredia, who's obviously got to step up from what she did in a hand, well, what she's been doing in handicap company. And of course, when we last saw her at Royal Ascot, so impressively, she has to step up into listed class. And then you've got Grand Dam, who's got the opposite profile, seen in, at group one level, disappointing behind in spiral. But they clearly thought that she was good enough to take a swing in a race like that and she's dropping down in class um for me i'm favoring grand dam in this but it's a very tentative shout just given the cases that can be made for so many others in here uh how, how are you looking at the race kev yeah like you i'd be struggling to be bullish now but i i have been quite taken with heredia in fairness in, in recent starts like perform miracles to win at york went to Ascot where she was short enough um but dan said price doesn't matter lads just get stuck <laughs> in and how, how right he was um, she won very well, despite kind of veering late to, to you know, give, give those that got involved a small bit of a fright, but she was much the best. Um, I'd say there's no doubt she's a proper stakes filly. And um, yeah, I'm hoping she'll go and prove it here. She's she's short, but um, yeah, I, I struggle to see her beat. OK, two differing opinions there then. Uh, what about you, Tony? Are you focusing on those front two or looking elsewhere? Um, not going to have a bet in this race, um, I would have no. thought. Queen Anamato is interesting. Sportsbook opened up at 16. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Sportsbook opened up at 16s, cut it into 12s and cut it into 10s. And um, William Haggis is just firing the winners right, left and centre again. He's, he's at it again on Thursday afternoon, I think. Um, uh, and you, look, he's, she's uh, one of the lowest rated fillies in here, only rated 82, beating off handy in Candy Cat Company last time. But... I think if you saw that run at Haydock last time, then, you know, you could mark her up maybe as a lucky winner. Um, I think the step up to a mile looks certain to suit on that run style. Recorded a good time when we were in Lingfield last year. Um, and it's just trust in Haggis, really. I mean, obviously, the early players are, are, are doing that. I mean, 
we saw with the likes of Centre Duty, they were sent off at, for a listed race, you know, 15 to 8 favourite for a listed race when rated 88 against much higher opposition. And although he obviously is you're trying to nick some cheap black type here uh, in a race that maybe lacks depth behind the front too. Um, you know, I, I can half see the if he is which way money, I can I can half see the money for that. I did I've, I, I did have a look at the horse that finished fifth uh, in the um, German Guinness German thousand Guineas last time, but I don't think she stayed really. I mean, for for Philly that one oh so sharp last year, about seven furlongs and stuck saw it out well. I just don't think she got home in Germany. Maybe she didn't get the best of rides. I mean, the Christford horse, um, uh, but yeah, far, is it fast track? Um, yeah. Yeah, um, no, no, I I can see the why the early money possibly each way for the Haggis horse, but uh, Heredia could take a fair bit of whacking, I think. Okay, well, it's tentative then about the distaff, but we want none of that from you boys now focusing in on the Eclipse. I love this race. I just love it. And I know we've only got six. I know we hope for a slightly bigger field and a couple of others to line up, but it's just terrific. Over the 10 furlongs at Sandown, you've got Badani in there, obviously winning the Prudy Jockey Club coming over, supplemented for the race, Native Trail, second best in the market, currently 11 to four. You don't need me to introduce the likes of Mishriff, Alan Kerr. Everything in this is a group one winner, Barb, Bay Bridge, Lord North, a huge price, seems to have gone off the boil more recently. I, the, the younger horses taking on the older horses over 10 furlongs. I just think this is a great race, Kevin. Please don't burst my bubble and please have a strong opinion. Who wins? <laughs> Come on, who wins the No, opinion? there's not much missing here, Vanessa. You'd say, you'd say State of Rest and Baid would be the only two that could add to it, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah. now, now, one thing I would say, as fantastic as this race is, and I'm going to enjoy breaking it down a bit, it's kind of continuing a theme that we've had that I've noticed at the top level of flat racing, like for over a year, it's just like the, the almost complete lack of pacemakers. And like it, it and geez, I, well, I really miss them. <laughs> I really yeah. miss them. I, I was always a huge um, fan of pacemakers and the role they play um, in, in ensuring, you know, the fairest possible result. And, you know, we had it in the Prince of Wales's and we're going to have it again here. Like there's no established front runner here. And it's going to be a case of uh, there's going to be plenty of jockeys being played and um, some bluff and double bluff. And I thought the one that might just seize this raging beast by uh, by the horns and um, and go from the front. Don't be sniggering, Vanessa. Um, no, I'm, I really <laughs> hope you're going to say the horse. I hope you're going to say. Okay, okay. No, I'm not sniggering. Um, I'm going to go for Alan Kerr. Um, I, th- I think Tom Marcand will be the one to go. <clears throat> um, he's drawn widest. He's a horse that that stays further than this. Um, like he he's he has no trouble racing prominently without cover. Um, he's drawn widest, which will kind of give Tom a little bit of time to assess what's going on inside him and slot. And look, if something changes up, um, he'll be able to slot and follow that. And if nothing goes on, he'll be able to roll to the front. And um, like he did, was it not him who gave the terrific ride at Sandown at the last big meeting on the stair? And then oh, got all those plaudits from the wide draw. Come on, t- one Quick of you form. boys. Yes. Oh, yes. he kept wide, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, you know, he stayed yeah. wide. I know it's not the same, obviously, the same start, but same sort of theory. Stay wide yeah. and then be able to slot in when you get to Yeah, the like I, I call it, like I, I would always associate that sort of riding with Frankie, especially when he's on a, a big fancied one. Like it's kind of, it's kind of a risk averse way of riding is in that there, there's some risk involved and that you might get caught wide if it, if it doesn't go to plan inside you, but it just... You're, you're able to take in a bit of information for a furlong or maybe more before you commit. And yeah. I thought Tom might be the one. 
because um, because the last thing Alan Carr wants is a steadily run ten furlongs, surely. No. Um, you know, so I, I think Tom will roll forward, establish, you know, either sit in second, but you know, outside something that's changing up, or make the running himself. And yeah, I think he's a big price at eight to one. Um, you know, look, look, I look my opinion as well. Established in the Tats Gold Cup, I think State of Rest probably should have won, but that wasn't Alan Carr's fault. Um, Tom gave him a fabulous ride on the day. He's and tough, I wonder, he stays. Yeah, and I wonder also, I was looking back at that Tats Gold Cup um, performance and, you know, with the second horse being so quirky and, uh, you know, state of rest, you know, not getting the run of the race. I'm wondering if people are sort of looking negatively towards that form and not really giving Alan Kerr the credit that he deserves for that performance. Yeah, possibly so. Because it did get a bit messy. I think everyone in the moment thought high definition was going to a rock'em, sock'em gallop, but he wasn't. You know, mm. and, and state of rest kind of let him go, and Alan Kerr half let him go, and the two of them took took a fair while to get back to him. So, uh, look, this is a fabulous race. I just fear it could get a bit tactical, um, could be a little bit tricky for three year olds. It'll be fantastic to see how the three year olds um, weigh in against this lot because we've got some proper established Group One older horses here, um, and it'll just really set up. It, you know, we're, we're devils for looking ahead. It'll really set us up for the Judmont and even the Sussex. Mm. You know, where we're going to get three year olds coming in. Uh, so I can't wait. Alan Kerr's the selection and it's going to be a super race, hopefully. Mm. Agreed, agreed. Okay, well, over to you, Tony. Are you with us or against us with Alan Kerr? Yeah. And what do you make of the two three-year-olds at the top of the market? Are they Is Vidania worthy six to four favourite currently with the sports book? Again, I'm a massive fan of that horse last time, but in this grade of company, I think six to four is plenty short enough. I think if you're if you fancy him, I think he's the kind of horse that... Golf up was at seven to four, maybe 15 to one on the exchange. It's interesting. I, I, I did a piece of Ryan Moore, uh, obviously on the Sandown rides um, earlier on today. And he picked out Alan Kerr as the one who was overpriced. Um, obviously, he rates that Tatsall's Gold Cup form quite highly. Obviously, we mentioned state of rest, but Broom was fifth in that race, albeit winning with an eye to the future. So he, he said, he, you know, he just thinks the market's underplayed him because he, he won ugly, as, as Ryan said, but... I mean, when you read his betting, his betting dot betfair column uh, when it goes up, probably Friday morning, Friday afternoon. Uh, reading between the lines, uh, he uh, he's really, really strong on Baybridge. Um, he, I think he's he's adamant. He didn't seem the best effect at Sandown last time. Don't get me wrong. He said in his piece, he takes nothing away from the winner. He probably thinks the winner didn't get the credit he deserves, but clearly they think on another day it could have been a different result, and. If he is better than he showed there, and he did make the case about the, what Sandown had been watering to a fair degree, so and there are showers forecast, so I think we're looking at maybe good ground, maybe a little bit quicker. And he just said the easier ground than it was at Ascot will be in this horse's favour. Um, yeah, I mean, and if you go back and look, have a look at that Brigadier Gerald form, you you made the point that he's the only non-group one more in the race, but he beat Mostadaf by five lengths that day, and Mostadaf went on to split Broom and Hurricane Lane in the Hardwick. So even on that bare sand down form, I think he's, you know, I think he's a group one horse. And I think... Yeah, and think, Dubai Future as well, TC. Finished fourth that day. He came out and wanted Ascot as well, won the, the Wolverton. Yeah, I mean, like that, you know, that... On a standalone piece of form, I mean, he hasn't got much to find, if anything. Um, and I get the impression that it would be a delicious irony if, if Ryan was the one to make it from the front, wouldn't it, this time? But... Uh, it could happen too. Could happen too. It, we, I like I said, we. I don't even bother talking tactics with him because you know, they just people just. But as, as Kevin knows, with state of rest at Ascot, nobody says anything before the race. <laughs> so 
the how it pans out would be really interesting. But I think the favourite is the right favourite. But in a race of that depth, I think you are looking at I think you are looking at a, a modest price at six to four, and I, I think he I think he has to drift. But uh, yeah, favourite is currently the, nine to two on the exchange, and that probably gets my vote. I mean, it wouldn't be a all guns blazing, in, not in the slightest, but. Yeah, Bay Bridge at nine to two looks the overpriced one just purely because I, just, I went back and had a look at that Sandown run, and it is just absolutely mustard. It's Group One class form. It's class, like, yeah. But like why, why none of us talking Sorry, about Vanessa. Native Trail? Why none of us <sighs> talking about Native Trail? We've got to give him a mention before we move on, Kev. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see how he copes with the trip because a lot of people would have would have had a view for a long time that the, the longer trip was suit him. I'm not so sorry for myself. Um, you know, I think if you put a pair of cheek pieces on him over a mile. That that would be a help to him, you know. I don't think sometimes I think it can be a bit misleading. Horses hitting flat spots and coming off the bridle early enough, you know, it's not always that they want further. Sometimes it's just they're a little bit slow to go through the gears or lack of a bit of mid race concentration. Um, so look, I'll be fascinated to see what he does. It it, it was, you know, quite workmanlike. I thought, um, you know, and that it's damning with faint praise because he'd been so good previously, especially as a two year old. Yeah. Even on his reappearance, you know, when he when he waffed Claymore, you know, for him that's got a, a nice boost and holy mal as well. So like he's a very good horse. I, I don't want to be sound like I'm dismissing him. I'm not, but it, it's going to. I, I'm just. I want to see what he does here before I draw a strong opinion. And just on Badani, like he got his short. Like he's done it once in his life. Like he was really yeah. impressive. He was really impressive when he did it, but he's only done it once. You know, he's in against every single one of these horses has done it at group one level multiple, multiple times. And he has one like stone better performance than anything else he's ever done. And I just want to see him do it again before, before I bop in at six to four in a race this deep. Hey, look, I, I agree. I agree. So Alan Kerr getting some positive nods from our team. Baybridge for Tony as well. And the three-year-olds, we all seem a little bit cold on at this stage, but it's fascinating. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be an absolute belter of a race. And of course, the Sandown card is going to run run alongside the Haydock card, which we can move on to now, boys. Let's start with the 205. It's the Bet365 Handicap Stakes. It's over the one mile, six furlongs. Uh, Sportsbook are paying four places as well. And at the moment, C King is a clear favourite in this on the sports book, three to one with next best eight to one duty bound and C King, Tony for the Prescott team. They've had this very odd season. They've been incredibly quiet. So Mark's yard because the horses have been under the weather. They've not been well. So he's not run them when they're not well. And then he's just had a few runners back of late. I think, that four of his last five runners have gone off favourite. They've not won, but they've not been running badly either. Right. And then it's, it was summer's night, wasn't it, in the in the um, Northumberland Plate, who ran really well as well, was expected to go well there and ran a, a good race. Now, Sea King comes in. I think he must have been the only horse they ran in the spring that won. Tony at Doncaster that day steps up in trip again. He's got this typical Samart Prescott profile. Is he just going to win another handicap stepping up in trip and do what all these other Prescott horses have done before? Well, he wouldn't be carrying my money at that kind of price. Like I said, He's there's, so short. <laughs> there's so many horses. I mean, we'll come on to Garcy in a moment, but it's a six to four shot. I mean, all the horses meant to look, I can fully see the case for them, but I'd want nearly double, double my money. Um, at the current prices, no. And I looked at this and I thought, what is that doing? That's short at the top of the market. Um, the one I like is um, Double Cherry. Now, there's been a bit of money around for it already this morning. Um, 
the early 12s of the sports book, which was the biggest price, is now into 10s. And I still think that's an acceptable price. Um, really impressive him at Goodwood last time. The problem is, you know, he showed his hand there winning less than six grand uh, and he's been put up nine pounds coming for a hundred grand race. And if, if they'd have kept their powder dry, then, um, you know, he, he would have got in here because comfortably of his old mark. But uh, no, I, I think he was, I think he was really impressive with Goodwood last time. The third's come out and won a handicap since by two and a half lengths. So I think these, I think uh, the step up in triple suit, we should mention the Haydock ground. It's currently soft there. Having a look at the forecast, the rain around uh, for Friday and Saturday, so it could mm-hmm. even be verging on on heavy, uh, oh as is as is the one to uh, Haydock. Um, yeah, I, I like it, and the the run style last he, he really put on the afterburners to go clear at Goodwood last time over a mile four on soft ground. Um, plenty of plenty of uh, stamina in his pedigree. Um, he's a brother to half brother to Uber Cool, who's a two mile two mile winner, um, and I think he actually won. Two out of three at Haydock as well. That's by the mm. buyer. And one of those was on heavy ground. So I think everything is placed for double cherry. I'm a little bit worried. He might have left his, his handicap behind um, a good one last time, but I still think there's lots of positives about him. So yeah, um, relatively lightly raced. You know, he was really well hammered in the market at Goodwood. So they, I think they knew what they had. And they think, hopefully, they, they thought they had at least £10 in hand. They'll need to because obviously he's, this is a much deeper race. But no, double cherry for me. Uh, 10 to 1 with a sports book. I think it's a very fair price. Okay, bigger price shout for Tony. I'm wary of the Prescott runner and uh, made even more wary, really, by how short he's become. Uh, Kevin, where are you going in this? What is an open looking handicap, despite the fact that the favourite's 3 to 1 shot? Yeah, I do really like C King, but you just couldn't really uh, at the price with the with the doubts about the art, etc. Like, I love the style of what he did. And I'd say he loved the trip, and there's he's definitely still well handicapped. But yeah, we'll, we'll leave him alone this day. I, I think. Just on the yard form, the only thing I would say is I don't. So Mark's not one to run them unless he's pretty one hundred percent confident they're back. And I know yeah. he hasn't had a winner with his last few runners, but like when you look at them, they've been running perfectly well. So I'm inclined to think that if he's running it, he thinks he's pretty confident. It's absolutely a one. Yeah, I know what you mean, and I look to be honest, I, I was I was with Double Cherry as well. Like I think he's, oh. I think I think he's going to be a slogger. You know, he's bred to be a slogger. Um, he handled the ground really well at Goodwood last time. Like this just could be horrific, really. <laughs> It'll be survival of the dourest, and um, you know, I'm not saying he looked totally slow over a mile and a half, but he looked like he would relish a strong test of stamina. So, um, at the price, so I was favouring Double Cherry to team up oh. with TC. Okay, doubling up on double cherry. I like it. Tony had something else to add before we move on. Yeah, before I move on, there was, um, again, sports were the biggest price on Thursday morning about Ockhill House. It's quite interesting. Um, I go and have a look at the run last time at Salisbury. You know, his handicapped debutant. Um, Obviously, I've got maximum respect from the yard. Um, First time tongue tie. I think it's potentially massive improvement. The sport, like I said, the the 40s was taken. I think the 25 is going um, as we speak. So he's an interesting mover. It wouldn't have taken much money to have shifted him across the market. But yeah, I, I can definitely see the angle for the outside of your house. But no, all, all roads lead to double cherry for me. Double for double cherry. I like it. Let's move on uh, to the Lancashire Oaks, the group two over the mile, four furlongs. Now, if we're talking about ground, this is really going to come into play in this race with these fillies, surely. Because at the top of the market at the moment, at 15 to 8 on the sports, but you've got three wins. 
who's got this very interesting profile, now a four-year-old making her comeback off a very, very long break. And then you've got a Sharda in there, the Group 1 winner who won her Group 1 on good to soft ground at Ascot last year, won a very big prize that day. See La Rosa as the course and distance winner last time out when we saw her for that inform Haggis Yard, the angle Tony always references. Loads of cases to be made for the horses in behind as well. But uh, Kevin, from your point of view, I, it, I find it so interesting they brought free wins back into training as a four-year-old because she was a Group 2 winner at three. She's done everything. She's she's trebled in value for what they pay for her at the sales. And she's owned by George Strawbridge. So she's going to join his broodmare band, you would presume. And she's ticked all the boxes. She's a Galileo filly and a group two winner. I can only think that they've brought her back into training as a four-year-old off clearly something going wrong with her because they think she could be group one class. And she does have a Yorkshire Oaks entry up at York. I just think she's very interesting as a profile of a horse. But now I'm worried about the ground off this long break. What are you saying? Um, yeah, the ground's an interesting one. Like she's out of a live, alive hole who well, was a very good filly for, for Tommy and Fozzie Stack. And like she needed soft ground. Uh, and she's a full sister to Martinstown, who, who was impressive on debut for Aidan O'Brien there not so long ago. Um, and look, you only bring a filly like this back for one reason. And that's because you're adamant she'll win a group one. Uh, which is a difficult thing to be. So I think it's always a punchy shout. Um, look, I leave her alone at the price. Best to look to them. Um, with the ground being the way it is, you know, I don't think they're going to want to give her a really hard race here. Ideally, if no. she can go and win, if she can go and win it, kind of at her ease, brilliant. But if uh, if the going gets tough, I don't think Rab is going to be. You know, the Rab will be told like, don't hammer this filly. Like she's be, you know, she's she's got autumn targets. So, um, like I, I want an older filly, hardier filly. Established there, established on the ground, um, believe in love. Um, you know, she can blow hot and cold. She was disappointing on her seasonal return at Chester, but she came back to life with York last time, um, stays further. She she put a plow for you through through a sudden field. She loves the ground. Um, and yeah, I think she might be able to follow up here. And I'm surprised the price she is. Um, you know, it was a controversial race at York, but um, like I, th- I think she's there could well be more to come. It, that was a big step up from her seasonal return, and she could well uh, get even closer to her previous best here, which would be make make her tough to beat, I think. Okay, well, she's currently about an 11 to 1 shout on the sports book with Betfair. Believe in love for the Roger Varian team. Um, Tony, where are you landing in this? Do you want to leave these horses at the top of the market, the shorter options? Uh, no massive opinion. I mean, obviously, again, there's, we've got a dead eight in here. And if the ground does get two testing, then we may see we may see a non-runner or two. So if you're going to bet each way, as I always say, wait for the exchange each way market to come, to come out because... Um, Original place terms stand there, and sometimes you get some ridiculously big prices. Um, now, well, the one I liked at the prices, maybe with a view to the exchange each way market, is maybe Kawida. Obviously, she's getting a lot of weight uh, from the older horses and course winner, ground. I think the ground's very important to this filly. So I think you can actually mark up that run uh, in the Oaks last time. You're going to have a look at the run. I mean, she does get checked a bit, and she had to come down the near side. She had to come round. Uh, Emily Upjohn. Uh, she finished off her race really well there. So, yeah, the three-year-old getting a lot of weight on ground that she'll like, uh, or she has liked in the past, uh, or the track that she's won at. I think, it was, albeit she was 4-9 and it would be a penalty kick. But, no, I think uh, Kawida, around about the 6-1, to one, if you can get each way three places wherever you play, uh, that might be the way I'd go. But at the moment, probably not going to have a bet. 
Okay, well, let's move on then uh, to the last race we're briefing, the old Newton Cup, the handicap over the one mile four furlongs. Uh, Sportsbook are paying five places, uh, so get involved with that. And this, Tony, is the very short price horse you referenced earlier in Garcia for the Haggis team coming here looking for a five-timer. It is now, I think, yeah, five-timer. Um but it's six to four on the show on the sports book. And yeah, you mentioned this price earlier, just another one that deserves to be favourite, but surely not this short a favourite in a race like this. No, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, come Saturday afternoon, you could have egg on your face because you say, I couldn't go near it at a price. But, you know, you can easily see this horse going off at five to two plus on the exchange. Six to four. I mean, who's going to back it at six to four? I know they expected it to win at York. Uh, and he was really impressive. But he has paid for it for going up in the weights. And, you know, you, know, you just have to look at the race. It's, it's got plenty of depth to it. Um, go back and have a look at Trawler Man at Ascot. Again, I'm, I'm not kicking a man when he's down, but it's one of the better ride from Frankie there. I mean, I think Trawler Man, who was really well back that day, I think he's a lot better than he's shown there. So I think there's a case for him at eight to one. But uh, I've been suckered in by a horse coming down, an oldie coming down the handicap yet again. And that's on to victory. He finished fifth to Garcia at York. Uh, that's on good ground. But ha- go and have a look at all these all these horses' best form on the jumps and the flat. And it's come on soft ground or heavier. Uh, one of Doncaster Cup of a two-pound higher mark than this. Uh, Doncaster handicap, even. November handicap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's handicapped to run well. Dropped three pounds for that uh, run at York. He stayed on well from off the pace there. I think they might have been looking to go to Ascot with him, but he didn't get in. Um uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think that was the case. And they made no bones about the fact he would need to run at York. So £3 lower than uh, York. On ground, he'll like uh, off a handicap mark. We know he can win off. Uh, I thought the 25 to 1 with the sports book five places was 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 very good. I mean, I, look, you have to be worried about the favourite, but you can let those horses win all day long at 6 to 4. And in fact, I'd let him win all day long at 5 to 2. I wouldn't even back him at 5 to 2. Okay, taking a swing at a big horse, a, a big price horse, and one of the older horses in this race. Where are you looking, Kevin? I'm having a swing, Vanessa. In a race like this, you want a horse that loves the slop, that eats the slop. This horse's father was a mother. His mother was a mother. I'm going for Mar- <laughs> I'm, I'm going for Miranda. <laughs> oh yes, yes, a classic. Yeah. Loves to swim. Just loves yeah, to swim. The old, the old boy. He's just never, never happier than when he's when he's got his head deep in muck. Um, and look, he's about 100 years old. If Dan Barber was here, he'd say he's nearly old enough to smoke. Um, and look, it, it, his 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 comeback run was only modestly promising. But at his age, you 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 know you'll forgive him needing his first run back. Um, he's come down to to a mark that he hasn't seen the likes of since the emergency. Um, you know, ma- many many years. Um, he was as high as 117 at one point. And it's just one of those. He'll have his conditions to suit. And it just wouldn't be a shock if he ran well. And he's going to be a million to one under my good friend, Neil Callan. So I wish, wish Neil the very best of luck here. All right. Riding brilliantly well as well at the moment. I hope banging, banging the winners. I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen the uh, racing at Haydock today. I mean, I'm assuming it is soft and drizzling there. But there, there, there is rain forecast for Friday and Saturday. So if it does come, then... It will be quite attritional, hopefully, anyway. Right, OK, well, that brings the show to an end nearly, boys. But before we sign off, can I have your naps, please? Tony, we will start with you. What's your nap of the weekend? Double cherry, win and place. I oh, like it. God, it's very strong views for this double cherry. 10 to 1 on the sports book currently. Kevin Blake, who is your nap? 
Alan Keir to make all under Irish Tom Marcand win only. Brilliant, brilliant. In the big race itself. And do enjoy it, everyone. The Eclipse is going to be an absolute belter and a treat for us all to look forward to. I cannot wait. Uh, enjoy the weekend. The best of luck to you all. Thanks very much, boys. And don't forget the sports book and the exchange offer of money back as a free bet if your horse fails to place in the 225 at Sandown Park on Saturday. Get involved with that. And the best of luck to you all. <laughs> <laughs>